Hey everyone, welcome to IAM MCRN friends. My name is Nicole and I am your host today. This podcast is being done by the International Association for Media and Communication Research. It is a global professional association for media and communication researchers. Today, I have the pleasure of talking to Arthur Elves, who is an associate professor in the Department of Human Sciences, Letters and Communication at Telec University. His current research focuses on social dimensions of emerging technologies, new media, and cyber conflict. This is why we have so much in common. I like a lot of these things. He has published in journals like Digital Culture and Society, Canadian Journal of Communication, and Triple C, Communication, Capitalism, and Critique. Welcome, Arthur. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for having me. I was hoping that you might be able to tell us a little bit more about your university and what it's like and some of the research centers that you run. Okay, thank you. Um, so I work at Telec University, that's Tele, the Tele University de Quebec. It's the distance learning, the public distance learning university from um, in, in Quebec. So I work in I work in Montreal, and uh, one of the one of the interesting things of Telec University is it's actually a full asynchronous. Um, online uh, teaching university. So a lot of us, um, a lot of us work from home for a lot and have been working from home from, for for a long, long time. So we, not only do we uh, teach uh, um, uh, uh, remotely, uh, but we also work remotely for uh, for most of our most of our time. Well, even though we do have some physical physical offices. That, that's that's relevant for today's conversation, I think. Uh, I'm also part of the Crisis Research Center in, um, out of the UCAM University, which is a research center that focuses on emerging technologies and communication technologies. Well, that's amazing. And it's so suitable to the conversation we're having today because as a remote institution, you were pretty much ready for the pandemic. But let's take it back just a few more steps. How did you become interested in this concept of platform studies and maybe even more broadly new media and technology? Well, that goes back to my background in communication studies and, and systems theory. Uh, I, I studied in, in the new University of Lisbon back in Portugal, and I did a bit, my thesis was in um, um, uh, new and emerging technologies, not not necessarily just communication technologies, but a lot a lot of it had to do with digitalization and the effects of the introduction of digital technologies and new technologies like uh, uh, nanotech and biotech. So I was I've been uh, I've been following these 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 bubbling bubbling up of new technologies and new vocabulary for a long long time. And of course, I've I've uh, I've come of age during the golden era of the internet and communication <laughs> utopia, so I've learned to be um, I learned to keep my keep keep uh, uh, keep my critical eye sharp regarding these new uh, new and emerging technologies, but they are not so new anymore. I know it's feeling like we see them all the time, and they're actually just kind of remediating into other forms of exactly. digital content now. Exactly. And my work was heavily influenced by philosophy of technology and science technology studies, particularly, you know, more critical theory inflected authors. Uh, and so I've, this is, uh, this, this, this work and uh, platform studies um, flows from that critical, uh, critical interest in, in, in new technologies and new vocabularies. Uh, so I've been working on platform transparency for for what feels like a decade now, uh, looking at you know transparency practices on, on, on uh, uh, platform companies, uh, and so this brought me to you know discourse discourse analysis and discourse studies, uh, which you know brought me to this particular this particular paper this year. 
And this paper that you submitted to the IAMCR conference was called The Discursive Construction of the Virtual Commute During the COVID-19 Pandemic. It caught my eye basically immediately, and it is about the virtual commute. What is the virtual commute and how did the COVID-19 pandemic impact this work and what this is about? Um, the COVID-19 pandemic has, of course, transformed work for, for, for a lot of people, a lot of the workforce. Obviously, there are significant social, social differences and social distinctions to be introduced there, a lot of nuance to be introduced there, because different, different work sectors have been impacted differently by the, by the pandemic, if not everyone was working remotely. So this, this paper focuses exclusively on, on remote work and, uh, and the um, new vocabulary surrounding remote work that emerged during COVID-19. During COVID so as remote work became the norm to a certain set of professionals, uh, we can call them, you know, uh, office, remote office workers or office workers in general. Um, a new, we can say that new, disc, uh, new set of uh, problems emerged and namely, you know, the separation between personal and work life as you're working from home or from spaces that were not necessarily prepared to, 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 to be uh, your workspace. So the transformation of your own home uh, in order to accommodate new work practices is already a very pretty interesting topic and one that should that that, that merits close close attention but in this case i'm more um, focused on how um, uh, what happened uh, to uh, how remote work was organized during covid 19 and new platforms and new uh, uh, solutions that emerged to the problem to the problems of, of remote work so this paper in particular focuses on, focuses on Microsoft Teams, uh, which is a, a platform, a software platform that a lot of people used in order to, you know, to to uh, to, to work with their with their colleagues that are also working from home. That's also it's also a platform that allows you to exchange, uh, to chat and exchange files. Um, so it's more than just a, a purely, uh, a, you know, video conferencing platform. Although obviously a lot of people use Zoom, many organizations uh, sort of steered their employees towards uh, towards Teams, and that sort of uh, that became interesting to me because Teams is such a different platform and such a, a variegated and such a, a, a deep platform for 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 collaboration with a lot of features. And you know, in old Microsoft styles, probably not the not the, the best, um, the most uh, thoroughly well organized platform or the easiest to understand, but um, but it seems to be gaining traction as uh, as organizations uh, continue to steer their employees towards this platform. Yeah, it strikes me that this disintegration or evaporation of time and space not only shifted our work and life, but also our public and private practices and then the flows between them. And one of the ways that you begin to discuss this is you're using Henry Lefebvre's work on rhythm analysis. I'm also a big fan of Henry Lefebvre. In your paper, you write how spaces are continuously reconfigured by the intersection of flows that cross them at that time, date, and timetables are objects of deployment of political power and conditions of rhythms of life. And you continue on with this idea, and I'm wondering if you can discuss this sort of concept of flow and power in commuting and telecommuting. And why did you use this conceptual framework as sort of a, an anchoring point within your work? Okay, yeah. Um, the, the interesting thing about Lefebvre's work for me is that he points towards the, the technologically mediated character of commuting. So our commuting is all, all always 
um, technologically mediated. We have a lot of infrastructure that allows us to commute, to, to traverse space, to, uh, to use our time to uh, traverse that space and allows, allows us to organize our lives around that, around, that, uh, around that movement or with that movement. So a lot, a lot of that um, uh, is obviously, was obviously disrupted by the pandemic, which is why this notion of virtual commute emerged as a way to facilitate uh, our understanding of the our, our practices of transition from work to home during uh, during the remote work uh, time. So, but it, what interested me in this is, is the way power intersects with material design of daily life and its rhythms, and particularly, you know, if, if we replace if we replace uh, our transport infrastructure with our uh, informational infrastructure that allowed that allowed us to 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 work from home, we can perhaps use Le Henri Lefebvre's work that has been specifically developed for urban space and not for informational space. We can perhaps inspire. Well, become well that this inspired me to um, to come back and reanalyze the virtual commute as a commute. In what ways is virtual commute actually a, a commute and not just a, you know a, a euphemism for um, uh, the the continuation of work by other by other means. It strikes me as interesting this spatio-temporal dimension to the commute because there is uh, both spatial temporal dimensions and technology intersecting at the same time, whether you're commuting by physical distance or a virtual distance. How did lockdown in particular begin to resignify this form of a commute? Well, it demanded a new, a new rationalization of our, or a new organization of our, of our practices, right? It's, uh, at home, it demanded an, uh, a new understanding of the boundaries or the or lack thereof between our personal, between our personal lives and our work and our uh, work lives. Um, uh, but it also, it, 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 remote work disrupted the regular commute and demanded a new arrangement of rhythms and spaces for work, including those of domestic and domestic life. Uh, and so in the first half of 2020, uh, it was uh, it was pretty common to see articles online, um, articles uh, uh, talking about the redeployment, uh, the new patterns emerging in personal life, the redeployment of, of uh, even of um, uh, the redesigning of your own home and redesigning of your time around the needs of uh, remote work and productivity, you know, and and. And, and and children and uh, you know all of the, all of those uh, all of those uh, extremely important elements in our lives that were not necessarily uh, part of the consideration of you know regular commuting, right? Mm -hmm. That was that's typically left aside when discussing when discussing uh, regular commuting. But that is part and it's it's a really important part of uh, uh, of uh, the virtual. Uh, of virtual commuting, or at least working from the work from home experience. Uh, so you know this this goes back to, to to sociological discussions of acceleration and the acceleration of daily life, as discussed by Hartmut Rosa, for example, when he said that the management and control of time uh, generally take precedence over well-being and work-life balance, and that was very real during the early stages of the pandemic. When you know, when you see an academic Twitter was abuzz with, with uh, uh, some uh, some signaling of uh, some extremes of uh, uh, of time use and extreme productivity during pandemic times, which also might might struck one as somewhat odd during times of emergency. Yeah, that that acceleration I think is huge, and it 
decompresses any sort of separation that once existed before. And I wrote about this in a piece that I published in Communication Education about how you know, I'm trying to record classes. This really affected us as instructors in higher education. I'm trying to record classes and my children are sticking their faces up against the walls so that they can try to see what I'm doing. So that it, there's just like a complete decompression of time and space and no separation anymore. And that's basically what Zoom and the Microsoft Teams ecosystem afforded was allowed us to do this while we had other things going on. But then how do you deal with that situation of I'm always working or I'm never working when I should be. You look at the Microsoft Teams ecosystem. Can you tell us about the platform and the virtual commute function? We'll get into some of those other uh, disengagements in just a minute, but just step back for a second and tell us why the Microsoft Teams ecosystem and what does it do? Well, the vir virtual commute, ex the expression virtual commute was actually first employed, at least to my knowledge, by Microsoft as part of their efforts to bring some, uh, to, to change some aspects of the Teams platform. So actually the virtual commute is a specific, uh, is a specific notion, a specific term that, that Microsoft employs in order to signify a specific set of features and elements of their uh, Microsoft Teams, uh, Microsoft Teams platform. So Microsoft Teams is, uh, I think it was first created in 2017. It's a collaboration. It's a collaboration and communication platform that which integrates, you know, chat, uh, file saving, team creation, uh, and so it allows to more of a, it's more or less a one-stop shop for uh, for a remote collaboration for uh, for organizations. It also includes, and this is this this will be relevant for our next uh, for our next step in the in the discussion. It also includes a set of managerial tools, a set of control tools that allows um, managers and allows super supervisors to to uh, uh, to to see uh, workers' activities, so their 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 subordinates' activity on the platform. So it, it's possible to to, uh, to 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 see more or less what the people are doing on when they are uh, when they are online, whether or not they are online, whether or not they are available, how many meetings, how much time they spend uh, in in, in uh, working uh, on uh, on the platform. So this is a part of the Microsoft uh, Office 3, 365 um, suite, and is obviously integrated with all the all the other Microsoft uh, tools like Outlook and and, uh, and Microsoft Office, Word, Excel, etc. So this uh, strikes me as a particularly interesting uh, interesting object of research, both in terms of vocabulary and of functionalities, because it's such a dominant suites mm -hmm. of tools, right? Everyone everyone uses it. Uh, it's more or less the industry standard for all of this, uh, whether you like it or not. So, yes. <laughs> so there, the, the emergence of new vocabulary and the new terms and new functionalities is particularly interesting to me as it becomes, uh, um, uh, as it becomes uh, more or less standard vocabulary to talk to speak about these uh, these functions so the virtual i, I try to use the ver i try to study the virtual commute as uh, a discursive tool from microsoft to promote 
their own uh, their own platform and their own new set of features that would allow people to deal with uh, you know the stress the burnout the lack of boundaries caused by caused by covid so this tool emerged by the end of 2020 uh, we already knew how life was how hard life was during mm-hmm. the pandemic how difficult it was to establish boundaries for 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 office workers and so the, the this this uh, struck me as a very opportune moment to to take a step back and critically analyze how this notion of uh, um, virtual commute was being deployed. I want to discuss this a little bit more. It seems to me that Microsoft Teams is affording a type of surveillance to employers. That surveillance is both to monitor productivity, maybe even maximize productivity, some would argue, but there's a flip side to that, where there's a line that employers need to walk so that their employees are not burning out. And we were reading about this in the news. It was all over. People were not commuting anymore, but they were starting their days earlier. They were in back-to-back meetings and all of these things were happening. So what did Microsoft Teams do to help employees deal with this? And you talk about these features of both disengagement and transition features and the cultural shift that emerges as a result of that. If you can speak to that, that would be really fantastic. Right. Okay. Um, well, there's an interesting element in Microsoft's discourse, which is in Microsoft and their, their promotional materials uh, surrounding their platforms, which is they mostly focus their target audience seems to be the 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 organizations themselves, right? Not the not the uh, end users of their uh, of their products. So they their main focus is productivity and employee productivity, organizational uh, organizational productivity. That's what comes across from their from their uh, from their materials from their own uh, from their own discourse as they present their own research, their internal their internal documents. Uh, so uh, the the idea, and this is this is this is important because in a mo- in a period in time, uh, especially after the tech clash, where we discuss a lot, where we talk a lot more about about uh, well being and, uh, and and the need to avoid burnout in these uh, in, in 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 our circumstances, um, uh, there's uh, a new a new tension arises between uh, how to avoid burnout while maintaining productivity, as you were saying, Nicole. So then Microsoft seems to be trying to uh, give a, a new answer to this problem. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the idea of the virtual commute as it is uh, deployed by Microsoft Teams is that the, uh, the introduction of periods of disengagement and transition as features embedded in, in Teams uh, uh, as a way to... Uh, as a way to solve or, or helping uh, the, the disappearance of this or dissolution of boundaries between private and the professional life in remote work. Uh, so it kind of speaks to the cultural and discursive shift towards the need to preserve one's body and mind from burnout in order to preserve productivity and not mm-hmm. despite, uh, you know, in, not in spite of productivity, but because of productivity. And this is so we can see how the how discourse has been shifting towards this preservation of well of uh, of productivity as like a byproduct of uh, taking care of oneself, right? So uh, as yes. a product of a self discipline that allows you to preserve yourself in order to be a more be more productive and to be you know be able to to work in a state of flow and be present in the moment of work without even though you're uh, you know you have a thousand other concerns outside. Uh, outside work, especially during pandemic. 
So the virtual commute is present, presented as a way to facilitate this transition between work and home uh, during remote work. That is, how do I disconnect uh, how do I disconnect from, from, from teams? How do I disconnect from all these meetings, back-to-back -back meetings and say from, from eight to five? How do I disengage from all this and prepare myself to, you know, to pick up my kids from school, to, uh, to, 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 to go and, to go and, to go and shop or just switch from one application to another and watch some net and watch some, uh, some, uh, some series on Netflix while I wait for something else to happen in my life. So uh, virtual community tries to to integrate into, into something that's called uh, Viva Insights, which is a, a set of features in Microsoft Teams. Is it um, like an analytic system? Yes, it is an analytic system. So this uh, virtual the virtual commute uh, allows to to take thirty minutes, uh, take thirty minutes, and go through a set of ordered tasks, like a gamified system that allows you to take stock of your day uh, and prepare the next day. Um, and this is followed by 10 minutes of meditation. Um, and the, the meditation, the, the meditation part is actually a collaboration with Headspace. I think it's a well-known uh, meditation app um, that's, that, that's collaborated, co that's collaborating with, uh, with Microsoft in this, in this aspect. So well-being is preserved according to this, to this system, let's say, by establish uh, by going through a, a checklist or an, mm -hmm. a, a couple of checklists mm -hmm. in order to close your day, prepare the next day and just clear your mind and, 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 and go to the next, uh, next, next thing in your day. Uh, bizarrely, and this is what, this is what uh, makes the, the, this whole uh, checklist system so, so interesting. Um, I would argue, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if you would agree with me. I would argue that, Taking stock of one's day and preparing the tasks, preparing your tasks for next day, still counts as work. Yes, <laughs> it is definitely still labor. Right. So, <laughs> so this this seems like not exactly disconnected, not exactly a pure disconnective, uh, pure dis purely disconnective tool, but just a way to keep you engaged in work and keep you engaged in, I would say, highly cognitive demand, co cognitively demanding tasks, uh, right until the very last moment of your day. Right, uh, replacing you know those thirty minutes you would take to uh, take the metro or drive or take the train back uh, back home or you know just uh, in the way to do some shopping or in the way to do some sightseeing before going to before going back home, right? So this uh, labor task, these labor tasks or these work tasks re replace the moment, replace time that you would have for yourself if you yes. would just leave and do the regular commute. So it it it. It seems like an encroachment of, uh, on your personal on your personal space and time by the by the app and by the construction of a new uh, a new technologically uh, new technologically mediated way of thinking about about uh, about your um, about yourself about your labor and redefines your your concept of of time. Yeah, that's really fascinating because you think about your commute home. Typically, I'm doing something I want to be doing. But in that situation, I'm thinking about work, which likely will mean that my thinking about work would continue on throughout the night. There would be a jury to it. I wonder if you can tell us how commuting becomes a metaphor and a euphemism. Well, it, it, the metaphorization operates by the replacement replacement of a, a meaning for 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 another uh, for, for another meaning, and the superimposing of the same by superimposing the same the same word, right? So the metaphor here. 
uh, comes from the fact that it signifies the, the, the word commuting signifies a completely different set of actions that diver diverge from what I typically understand uh, by by commuting. Like 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 I was saying, instead of uh, being uh, the a time for a, um, a physical uh, displacement, um, making you traverse space. Uh, in 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 urban areas from work to home or from work to another to uh, uh, some um, a temporary place you go before going home it's not it's now just squarely being uh, uh, being um, used to signify a moment where you are still working and preparing to preparing to disengage with a series of cognitive of uh, uh, actively demanding and cognitively demanding tasks uh, that might be that are just part of one's uh, one's work, right? In order to put it to put it simply, <laughs> so it's it so is right. Sorry, sorry. It's so fascinating. What are the main takeaways? What can people learn from this study? What do what should we know going forward? What should still be studied? Well, I, I, as we were saying, you know, if you take a look at the task sequences, these the, the, that uh, are part of the suggestions of virtual commute, they are effectively an extension of the of, of the of the workday. And I think it's really worthwhile exploring how this new vocabulary or old vocabulary reemerges uh, reemerges as as a sort of euphemism for 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 work. So well being being integrated into the workday as part of your responsibility as an individual worker as part of you know the preservation of your body or preservation of your mind for work as part of uh, this new this the continuation of what we, uh, we already know neoliberal discourse really uh, attempts to inculcate in, in, in workers um, I think one of the main takeaways is also that this virtual community is not entirely what I call a boundary time so boundary, by boundary time I mean a period employed in the transition between cognitive and, and spatial situations. So instead, it's just uh, labor, it's just comprised of labor tasks. And so this work of scheduling and planning replaced, might replace other work tasks before finally uh, allowing us to leave that work space or that work framework uh, and finally go back to the to our domestic tasks or our personal, our personal uh, life. So yeah, I would say that it might that some of these, uh, some uh, some of the elements in in this uh, virtual commute experience might might even add to the stress of being constantly constantly planning and constantly taking stock of what of what uh, of what you're doing. Uh, and so Microsoft seems to be introducing here uh, a materialization of boundary time by implementing this digital digital commute as a part of of their uh, uh, part of their part of their uh, team's suite, which, as you say, has uh, um, very strong um, surveillance uh, elements. Well, that's just really fascinating. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to share with us that I maybe didn't ask, or is there <laughs> something that, that you really want to share? Oh, no, I, I just a, a final acknowledgement, both, both both to you, of course, for your invitation, but also to all my, to, to, to the colleagues that have been, that have inspired, uh, that have inspired me and done a lot of excellent work in this, uh, in this, in this, um, this area of platform and affect studies, especially on effect, work, well-being and productivity during the last, during the, during the, these last years. So we, I feel that we do need uh, to go further in these studies, uh, especially because of the degradation of working conditions and of quality of life during the pandemic and after the pandemic, um, and also to the 
what seems to be everything points towards a new encroachment of managerial control yeah. practices with the digitalization with the digitalization of, of work post pandemic so i i believe that it's critical to map and describe the emergence of this new vocabulary and use and these new practices in this intersection of power technology and and daily life yeah, and amidst all these discourse concerns that the days are getting shorter and people are not being productive, their days are possibly getting longer, which yes. is something that's definitely worth looking at. Thank you so much for joining us, Artur. I really appreciated having you. Thank you, Nicole. You're most welcome. Just a note to the listener, there are more IAMCR and Friends podcasts available on Apple and Spotify. Thanks so much for listening.